Hey everybody, this episode of Star Trek The Next Conversation is brought to you by, oh, that's right, you guessed it, Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum in Hollywood, California, guys. It's at Hollywood and Highland. Andy, what's that called? The Crossroads of Entertainment? That's 100% correct, Andy. That is the center of all things entertaining. If you are in the Los Angeles area and you're looking for a fun activity to do after 5 p.m. and you're like, man, I don't want to spend a lot of money, well, guess what? Right now, thanks to Star Trek The Next Conversation, you can go to the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum Auditorium on Highland uh, and Hollywood. It's Hollywood and Highland. I'm sorry. It's on the east side of Highland on the south side of the street. I nailed that. Um, You can head right in there, and it will be a buy one, get one offer. That's $20. You can get two people into the auditorium after 5 p.m. Thanks to this podcast. All you have to do is mention Star Trek The Next Conversation. Podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Buddy, it's Matt. It's Andy. <laughs> Welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation. This episode is The Enemy. And uh, you know what? I think this episode should be called The Frenemy. Why is that, Matt? Because I think they become friends. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Frenemy would be a great name for a, <laughs> for a so, Star Trek episode. I'm very excited. Uh, I like these later. I like these episodes. I like that we're getting into this stuff. I like that I finally, we've seen Tomalock finally. It is interesting. TV shows have a quality. We were talking about, like, is the second season the best or the worst of of a season? Um, But it is interesting that whenever uh, a legendary show hits its stride, Mm -hmm. right at that beginning, when they hit their stride, there seems to be an energy that is not matched before or after. Right. Like there are great episodes after, but it's just like it's like it's like the the writing staff and the and the actors are supercharged. They're not afraid of getting fired. Yeah, yeah. They're not afraid of getting canceled. They've figured out the show. Let's go. Would you say that that's sort of where the Goldbergs reached with um, the uh, Cabbage Patch Kid episode that Andy wrote? <laughs> yes. I think finally. <laughs> all the obstructions, it uh, fell away. You had Nick Swartzen guest starring. You That's had right. some, uh, some fake Cabbage Patch Kids. It was a, gr- it was a good time. Yeah. Daryl no, Dawkins Day Dance, probably, I think, is my favorite of the not, earlier episodes. Of the earlier episodes? I not, think. Not uh, Karate? My another episode. No, but you know, I'll tell you about karate, everybody. Uh, great episode of Goldberg's. Uh, it's the episode where Adam and um, uh, well, Barry wants to perform at the uh, talent show, 
uh, with karate. He's not very good at it. But anyway, long story short, we the way into that is through the Karate Kid, and this hilariously, is, this is my fault. This is a this is a uh, this is a writer's di- diversion here uh, of how a writer's room can be. Uh-huh. Uh, we were doing a, we did a Karate Kid episode in season four, which is a good episode. But uh, we decided our way into this Karate Kid episode would be how much they enjoy the movie Karate Kid. We wrote a cold open, and it was almost verbatim. The Andy Secunda cold open from three years previous. Yes. I had. Uh, I just thought it I was had, hilarious. I'd broken the mold. You couldn't repeat it. You couldn't repeat the exact same way into a Goldberg's episode using Karate Kid. <laughs> Uh, no one enjoyed cold opens more than my brother Andy. <laughs> okay, guys, it's the enemy. I'm sure that you have something to say, everybody. Matt, would you advise that they watch this episode? Yeah, I like it. I think it's a decent episode. All right. A middling rave from Matt and Myra. With that, let's take a look at the Admirals Club. Oh, I hope the volume's Could great. I it is. Leave a Oh, boy. Guys, to get into the Admirals Club, all you have to do is leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and you will be welcomed with open arms into the Admirals Club. And uh, quite frankly, all we have to do is go in this door. Here we go. I reversed the doors again. I reversed the doors again. Right. We've been. Well, well, hang on. We were just. We started the podcast in the president's circle. Yeah, we were in the president's circle. You know what? I'm actually going to just go. I'm going to make sure no one is sneaking, like hanging outside of the Admirals Club looking at us. So I'm just going (laughs) to go. Okay. Okay. It's all clear, Andy. I'm going to come back in. Oh, dear. (laughs) I went too far. I think you went through the secret door into the president's circle. Hey, uh, could you let me in, Andy? I'm sorry. It seemed to close behind me. Oh, it's really great in here, guys. Oh, Andy, come on. Oh, Andy. I didn't see these. Andy, please. The Just levitating let me... lazy no. boys oh, we what? have. Hey, hey. Oh, all right. Hey. Oh, thanks, buddy. And that was Sound Clip Theater. Our first admit- admission into the Admirals Club is from uh, Casey Nielsen, who writes us uh, more entertaining than a holographic gypsy with a violin. <laughs> uh, reference to last week's episode Booby Trap. Get your fix for laid back, off the cuff, incessantly insightful next gen commentary here. Matt Myron and Andrew Secunda may very well be at the helm of the best podcast Star Trek has going for it right now. And I'm not just saying that to shamelessly plug this review into the Booby Trap episode. <laughs> um, it was either well, that you're, you're a week late, my friend. Or yes, Yesterday's Enterprise. Well, technically, this is no. I guess they could have done it last week. Uh, whatever the case, uh, we're still we're still well, they don't talking. Know, they about don't know it. when we record. That's the thing. That is the problem. We had to bang out too because Andy currently, as you're listening to this, is is uh, probably uh, I don't know parasailing. This new Andy does weird things. I, I'm going to Tulum next week, guys. Yeah. I don't even. By I'm the way, enjoying my life. I don't know what Tulum is. It's south of Cancun. It's like even more Cancuny than Cancun. Cool. I also hear that there is some kind of terrible wonderful. situation. You have to watch some kind there. of wonderful to get in. I'm not sure what's going on there. There's either a... It was either a kidnapping Are you staying or a on murder a resort? or Are something. Are you staying at a resort? Yes. Please do not leave the resort. But I'm from an adventurer, one, from, Matt. From, from, uh, from a concerned friend to another human being. Don't oh, leave the resort. Oh, it'll be fine. The podcast won't be ended here. No, Andy. I think you should just not do it. You might think, hey, I'm going to scout locations for the next season of Narcos. And then where do you end up? That is my side job. Yeah. 
Um, Casey continues, uh, I'm in Matt's camp in regarding Booby Trap. This episode easily gets in my top five. Picard nerding out about archaeology. Jordy, li- Jordy living out his starship fantasy through Leah Brahms. Endless engineering, engineering. Great stuff. Here's hoping Andy toes the line. <laughs> Endless engineering, engineering. That's a great way to describe it. Um, yeah. Um, can't get enough from True Badass. This one's a little bit more off color. I'm wondering in advance, Matt. My love of Next Generation outweighs my dislike of the politics of the two of you. Andy originally really got on my nerves. Now I can tolerate him a lot better. Matt's pretty good most of the time. Somehow the ship, the show is still entertaining to me. I think... <laughs> I love that this is a five-star review. This is a five-star That's the beauty review. of the Admiral's Club. It's great. Uh, I think it's like the audio version of a train wreck. It's terrible, but you just can't stop listening. There you go. Um, Star Trek On Demand from Mary Rose L., uh, what if you could uh, have two friends break down each episode of TNG with their intimate knowledge of TV writing? You can have this and a dog named Bo when you listen to Star Trek The Next Conversation. You'll also get Maurice Hurley cameos, intimate details of Andy's travels. We've, that's already been proven true in this episode. The restaurant dinners Matt has enjoyed, often without Andy. Ripley's <laughs> Believe It or Not, The Crossroads of Entertainment TM. Yeah. Also, it I exist somewhere in print. This podcast makes me less lonely, and I want to be in the Admirals Club. Now you're in it, Mary Rose L. And the last one, um, I wonder if you can tell me who this is from, Matt. Okay. Matt Myra. No, please don't be from my mother. I don't think so. Oh, thank God. Okay. Um, My kind of Trek nerd. Uh Although, Mary, if you're listening, I don't think you're in the Admirals Club yet. So (laughs) Um, all you got to do is leave a five-star review. Uh, It's from uh, the the name is... P-C-N-I-C-K-N. And he or she says... Picnic? Yeah. I don't know. I couldn't be more proud. From the time that Matt walked in late to an interview with LeVar Burton and used the old... Maybe it's just a fan. That's from... uh, That's from... uh, The the Nerdist, yeah. Averted a warp core breach without ejecting the warp core excuse and being frustrated no one had seen Timescape. (laughs) Uh, Is Timescape good? I like Timescape quite a bit. Well, that's maybe that. Guys, season, are we doing season it? Season seven. I've never seen a single episode. I know virtually nothing about it. You want to do another follow-up episode, follow-up show? Um, oh, Timescape, I, by the way, is the name of a TNG episode. Is it really? That's what I was referring to. Oh, I was okay. very annoyed at LeVar Burton for not remembering one of my favorite episodes where he does a lot of things. That adds up a, uh, a lot more. Uh, I knew that Matt was living the dream. Hilarious and witty. Uh, TNC is every conversation that a Star Trek nerd would want to have without actually having social interaction. It would be great to book some TNG guests, though. Keep it up, gents. P.S. Andy is there, too. Uh, P.P.S. Uh, can someone get WD-40 for those President's Club doors? <laughs> and, ladies and gentlemen. And that was the Admiral's Club. Now, what, uh, why don't we go into the Presidents, the uh, United Federation of Planets President Circle. Oh, well, I know how to enter that. Here we go. closes behind us. Oh, thank God. Now, it just is the president circle. This room is the president circle. Well, this room is the lounge that we all have access to as members of the president circle. Yeah. So this is the president circle lounge. Yeah, I mean, there are other president circle lounges available on many starships throughout the galaxy. It's not a circular room that we're entering that 
even though it refers to the actual logo of the president's circle. No, the room also. is circular. Right. It's at the center of the saucer section. You know how the corridors work, sure, right? You go yeah. around the corridors and the corridors it's get shorter and shorter. Center. It's at the very center. I actually didn't know that. They it's get shorter the, and shorter. It's huh? at the dead center yeah. of deck 10. Gotcha. So it is It is the circle, guys. Is there? Do you happen to know how many corridors from the out, outer edge of the disc to the center of the disc they are, they're I don't are, offhand. I wonder. Anyway, Eric did Giorgi, I hope I'm getting close, Eric, sent us $37. And, um, oh, you get a Wow, new, very generous. United, absolutely. United Federation of Planets President Circle by sending us a donation of any kind. Soon we will have a Patreon when I get off my ass. It's on me. Um, but uh, for now, uh, he's paying us through PayPal uh, just out of his own generosity. Um, and uh, for making it to my favorite episode, another fan of Booby Trap, thanks. And then he wrote us a short while after that, said, I just double-checked, was supposed to be $36 for Booby Trap. One of my all-time favorite my all-time favorites. Enjoy should the we, extra dollar. Oh, uh, we should send him back the dollar. That'd be funny. Yeah. Uh, why don't uh, you get right on <laughs> I don't know how to do anything. I've, for the record, I just want to say I've never seen any of uh, any of this. I've never seen these emails. I don't know what's happening over on this end of things. I'll tell you Andy, what, Eric, Andy is our communications officer. The next time you make a donation, subtract a dollar, and then we'll be even. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's the only uh, President Circle entry from this week. That President, is more than thank enough. You, President Georgie. Well, D-Georgie. All right, let's uh, head out of here. Okay, we're in the Admiral's Club oh, again. Oh, it is nice in here. Yeah. Oh, hey, what's this door? Oh, it's just a smaller version of this other door. All it's right. probably overkill to go to the next one, but uh, so you go to the club club close. But I feel like every time you leave the, uh, besides hearing the door close, I feel like <laughs> there's a, the computer plays the Atmos Club close. I love it. I love it. Anyway. Captain, Captain we are being hailed. Let's open up I the always, bag. I always think that we're in hails, and then we're not, because we're in the president's circle. Do you want to? consider everything we just did part of the hell <laughs> seems like that would get very complicated i don't want to inception our own podcast <laughs> she i think we do every week she'll decide writes oh no not that's not it who it's from oh yeah it is from uh i fear, oh no they wanted to be kept anonymous uh, it doesn't say that okay uh, i fear if you want to be kept anonymous um please specify at the end of your email also, if you want your name to be pronounced correctly, even if you've written into the show before, write a phonetic description of your name at the end. Yes, Matt. I was going to say that. Why not put the anonymous thing at the beginning of the email? That way, in case you forget to put it at the top yourself, it's already there. Because generally speaking, I cut and paste each email and then uh-huh. move it into a list of the emails I'm uh-huh. going to read. So if it's at, the, oh, I see, to block it. Yeah. I feel like usually I just read the thing and then at the end I just go, oh, for your fine. own good. Yeah, but uh, I don't think I've made a mistake and outed someone who doesn't want to be revealed as a fan of our podcast, which is quite understandable. Secret fan. <laughs> um, anyway, Shield says I fear you may shoot down my point as quickly as Picard tells Worf his suggestion is stupid. Oh no! But isn't the episode the bonding a bottle episode? Uh, cue Christina. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, the, I'm 
just kind of kept it Mash, Make your yearly budget last. Write a story in a bottle. Don't use that transporter when you're. All right, that's enough. Well, uh, it's a good question. We have to define what a bottle episode of Star Trek is. Shield specifies all the action takes place aboard the Enterprise, and the away team was only heard over communication system. Yeah, but... If you agree, I suggest doing another supplementary podcast to make up for this omission. <laughs> You're just trying to get a free a no, free no. bonus podcast. But that's I, all I, that's know, Here's my thing. They did have to build a new set. What was the new set? It was the... It was... Somebody's um, quarters? It's what's-his-face's quarters. Uh-huh. His Jeremy's house. Right, which doubles for... Oh, well, yeah. I guess there's the... There's the video they do of the house, and then you see the house. And then the house becomes the quarters. Yes. Yeah. So, that's my... That's sort of... I think once the, I think, once you're putting the I the think Sheila's set, right. I think it's a bottle episode. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean yes. It, it's very... Although, it, it it really does raise an, uh, an interesting point, which is... You, we usually say bottle episode because it feels like a bottle episode. That's why the previous... Shades of Grey, which is technically not a bottle episode because we go down to the planet, we call a bottle episode because we know they were just trying to save on budget and time. Right. But this one feels like an expansive episode, even though it does all take place on the Enterprise. I would say it isn't a bottle episode. That's interesting. You know what? I'm going to say we both disagree with each other and uh, only... Hmm. Who could possibly tell us if we're wrong or right? Our I, did, I, wrote, I reached out to uh, Snodgrass. Snodgrass. I saw that yeah. today. I didn't know she was on Twitter. I hope that's the right one. I assume it is. Melinda M. Snodgrass. I can't imagine there are that many Melinda Snodgrasses. I hope I'm not that making trouble for her. That would be amazing. Star Trek. I hope so. I would love to talk to her and find out. Oh, what I hope the deal you didn't is. make trouble for her also by, by outing her as her. Star Yeah. She doesn't say TNG writer on her. How thing. many followers does she have? Not enough. Well, no, I mean, not enough, but, like, is she active I mean, on Twitter? not enough for someone who is known as a Star Trek writer. No, I mean, well, that's that. But my, is she active on Twitter? Yes, it's mostly political um, stances. Well, she wrote Measure of a Man, so. Oh, that's true. Why not? Of course. <laughs> oh, my God. This is amazing. What are you laughing at? What are you looking at there, pal? This is so crazy. it was a long okay so this morning it was a long this is a this is unrelated to anything Star Trek so I don't know that well before you launch into it let me just close off that topic by going right now I am very interested in getting in touch with people optimally who are writers at this time on Star Trek Um, but really any TNG writers so if anybody knows of any and wants to point the uh the uh, our twitter feed or our emails or anything um we're at sttncpod at gmail.com please put us in touch continue matt yeah well i was gonna say this I, this might be too much of a, of a off topic digression yeah guitar related digression right, well that's why they tune in so <laughs> for the digression. i'm asking you if you'd like me to tell the story or not um i i mean i think if i if i if you if you if i propose this the same question to you you would definitely say go for it so i'm gonna say go for it okay lengthy little bit i'll try to make this uh, as short as possible so uh andy you see that book right there to your right on underneath that guitar uh, uh, yes. Okay, that's Beatles gear, right? So uh-huh. you see that guitar at the, the closest to the top of that gu- upside down, but that acoustic guitar right there. 
that's on that cover. That's a Gibson J160E, okay? That's a guitar I've been looking for for a very long time. I haven't, um, you know, ever really been able to find a lefty one. I know that there were a few that have been sold over the years. Blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. So then the other night I was like, I should just look for the cheapest, shittiest condition right-handed one and see if I can figure out how to get it restored and flipped over to a lefty. Reasonable. I find one. Oh, I didn't know that was something you could do. Well, it, it's it's going to be a lot of work, but I find one, a 1956 Gibson J160 that has been stripped already. The body has been stripped. This is one of Paul's guitars. It has I'm no, guessing. John and George. John. It has no uh, pickup. It has no electronics in it. It's like been stripped and ready to be restored. So I was like, oh my God, that would be amazing to get and then put it back together and restore it and make it left-handed. So I email the guy. I'm like, would you take $200 less? And he doesn't respond. And in the meantime, I'm like, I'm talking to a bunch of guitar repair people that I know. Okay. And I'm like, what do you think about this project? What do you think about this project? What do you think? They're all like, this is amazing. This would be so cool. Blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, well, shit. I'm not gonna, I don't want to get this. let this get away for $200. So I buy it for its, for its price that he is asking for it. And then I get an email today that he has sold it. <gasps> He has sold it, and he's sorry, and it was an accident. He listed it. It was also on G-Base, and it has been sold. And I said, did it get sold to... I was like, this guy is right-handed, uh-huh. I'm sure. Tell him my whole deal. Tell him I'm a lefty. I've been looking forever for one. This one's in shitty shape, and I'm going to make it a lefty. And So the guy's like, well, he's a really nice guy. I'll see what he can do. So the guy gives me his email address the other guy uh-huh. sounds like the guy's gonna let me buy the guitar uh-huh. i now get an email from him and he says thanks so much for reaching out i'm a huge fan of the nerdist as well as fraser uh-huh. the guy that was gonna buy the guitar but i thought he already bought well, it. The, yeah the guy that also bought the guitar is a fan of my podcasts yeah and is excited about it being a going turning into a lefty conversion oh so he's gonna he's excited He's not giving it to me. He's letting me buy so, it. So, so he's going to get refunded, and then, I I, then my purchase will go through. Okay. And then you, now you're going to play the hardball. The story was fucking awful. You're this gonna, is an awful story, and I apologize. You're going to play hardball and say, great, $200 off still. <laughs> no. That's so <laughs> no, silly. No, forget it. And that's then write so the other silly. guy and say, hey, I'm trying to get the price down. Don't buy it. Anyway, the follow-up. Look, you're a fan of mine, right? Don't look, 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 buy it. Okay, the here's the, the extra follow-up to this. The, one of the, the first guy I emailed about this. Eric Daw uh-huh. is was the repair guy forever at Emerald City Guitars in Seattle and has moved to Idaho and has his own shop. This guy, Tyler, is now the repair shop manager at Emerald City Guitars. Blowing your mind, isn't wow. it? That's so many co- fucking coincidences. I can't even handle it. Now, here's uh, a question I had. This is so dumb. Let's get back to Star Trek. Paul was the left-handed one, right? Paul was left-handed, correct. John and George were right-handed. Correct. So why, what's the big deal about having that guitar if it was a John and George one? I want to have all the Beatles gear. All the <laughs> Beatles. That, that guitar that's hanging right above that is a John Lennon Rickenbacker. Right. True. Yeah, okay. With the knobs that I was, the as oven, a friend, I was going to... The oven knobs. 
I was going to try and get you, and then you, I it's found hard. them. By the way, it's I know it's hard to it's hard to purchase things for uh, for an obsessive uh, person who obsesses over minutia because then they get the things that you're trying to get for them. Guys, let's get into this. Andy, do we have any more hails? I think we should have two different um, marking points uh, for the people who look at this episode <laughs> one for when. For when I, we're I, done I, I, about I 100% agree with you. By the way, okay. Um, hang on, hang on. Let me actually look. Okay. Great. What happened? I wanted to look at the timer so I know what to tell people. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. No, we're not. Uh, I really love the bonding. Uh, I'm going back uh, to the bonding because we didn't get a couple of... Basically, we recorded two last week, so we didn't have a chance to do your hails properly. Um, I really love the bonding. Seriously, nine handies. This is from Michael Hartley. Uh, and felt myself welling up a couple of times. I don't know your personal history, but as I lost my father when I was just 10, this episode really resonated with me. I don't recall seeing this episode before. A rarity, as I'm sure I'd seen everything, but watching it as a 38-year-old and as a father, I really related to both Wesley and Jeremy and how they dealt uh, with their grief, losing a parent. I really wish I had seen this episode back in 1990. I think it would have helped me deal with my loss. Sorry to be a bit of a downer. No problem, Michael. Please keep up the great work. Love both of you. Love the both of you. Oh. I don't know if that's a slightly different thing than love both of you. Love the both of you. No, I think that's... It's the same thing, either way. The same thing. Mikhail, uh, Michael Hartley, Mikhail, <laughs> uh, from Carlisle, UK, PS Plus One for Patreon. Thank you, Michael. And I wanted to read that because I felt like uh, I, I was not connecting fully with that part of the bonding. So it was really interesting to hear the take from someone who it really resonated with on that level. So I was glad to read that. Um, Ian Russell writes, uh, Hi, guys. thought you might be interested in what Michael Piller had to say about the bonding in his book, Fade In, Making a Star Trek Insurrection. By the way, many people, after your comment that it was hard to find, that book, uh, sent us PDFs and Yeah, I was looking Amazon at the PDF today, and, and I'm everything. kind of excited about and, reading uh, it. So we really appreciate all of the people who... Uh, who pointed us towards it. Um, he talks about how one of the reasons the original script by Ron Moore could be used because Roddenberry said the humans had evolved past grieving, which I thought was fascinating. Obviously, it fits the Roddenberry thing, which I guess is why uh, the boy was so laid back after his mother's death. And then I will ask you. Um, yeah. Um, there's a... Uh, they one of our uh, Ian was uh, nice enough to send us a lot of people sent us uh, stuff about this book, um, uh-huh. but Ian sent us actually the stuff a, first a clip a picture of the of the pages in the book. So I wanted to know if you wanted to hear uh, about a two or three minute snippet. No, okay, we don't have time. I have to go to therapy. <laughs> All right. Well, we could just make it tight on the back end. Well, we could. Oh, I'll say, you know what? If we have time at the end, let's do it. And then I'll just read this part about the bonding and we'll cut to it. There's, I wanted to read more about being in Roddenberry's box uh, of writers, but uh, I'll just read this part. Box of writers? What do you mean by that? Well, I could explain it if you allowed me to. I just don't understand. All these words that you have in front of you, are they going to explain anything? (laughs) Well, they would if you allowed them to. (laughs) Um,. Uh, so our worst episode uh, ever. <laughs> the, the time, guitar- time traveling, Andy was right. Guitar- oh, that's right. I did predict that. Um, I, you know what? Never mind. Forget it. I'm not even going to read all this. It's a page. Thank God. But uh, I'm telling you, you guys would like it. 
next week. I mean, when we don't, we're not under the crunch. I want to give them a full episode of this podcast. And in order to do that, we're going to have to, you know, if I'll tell you what, though, I will say this. If we get to the end of the bonding discussion, uh, I'm sorry, the enemy discussion, and um, we have time, then we're going to read that email right now. There's well, no not way. right now, There's but no then we're going to do You that. don't know that. Okay. Sometimes we have nothing to say when an episode's good. And I think this episode's pretty good. Master Sergeant Rob Garrison, who runs our Facebook. Uh, Star Trek Next Conversation group. Master Sergeant. It's not ours, but uh, we appreciate it. Seems to be my mother's. <laughs> yes, Mary is very pre- present on it. Uh, God bless her. I see several similarities between episodes recently and don't care for it. I think we addressed this a little bit. The survivors in uh, The Bonding both have super powerful aliens trying to atone for accidental deaths. Others have noted similarities between Jeremy Astor and the kid who wanted to be Data. That's a f- future episode, right? Um, but yes, the, that is a future episode. But the real culprit is both the bonding and booby trap are both booby traps left behind by a long dead civilization stumbled on them by the crew, which I, I noted. Andy, I think you're going to have a field day with Jordy and the Mechophilia. I did in the next uh, episode. As for O'Brien's rank, I think we debated him being jumped in rank for no apparent reason. There really is no justification. In original uh, series, the transporter chief was Lieutenant Kyle... Hmm. I don't understand. Is that beneath? What, what is Christ. happening? Over Sorry, there? that was okay. me picking up a microphone. What? What are you saying about Lieutenant Kyle? In TOS, the transporter chief was Lieutenant Kyle. So Correct. Is that been below Scotty? Well, Scotty is a commander. Lieutenant Kyle runs the transporter room in a few episodes of the original series. Continue. I didn't know that. So when TNG got a chief, he was made a lieutenant as well. He was, def- he was definitely a lieutenant. There was no demotion. The writers just one day arbitrarily made him enlisted, and it got way convoluted after that. Check yes. out his memory alpha page. They did a great job with the details. This yeah. all adds up. All to of him. his rank confusion. I didn't even know over that. Over time. That's crazy. Um, well, I mean, isn't he an ensign in uh, Far Farpoint? Farpoint? Oh, uh, uh, O'Brien? Yeah. yeah. That sounds right. Um, Jeffrey Coder wrote us. It's just a slight prime corrective, so I'm not going to bother to play the theme. My apologies. Hello, Matt and Andy. Great job. Love the podcast. Not sure uh, if you will allow prime corrective from the future. Figured I'd give it a shot. During the bonding podcast, Andy was talking about how in some of your past discussions about Star Trek Discovery, uh, he really enjoyed that uh, the fact that some of the things we uh, I wished I would see basically in the show eventually showed up. Then Matt said something like, wow, that is really cool. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that. I submit that there is no bleeping way Matt is going to go back and listen to an old podcast he has previously done. Keep up the great work, Jeff. He's correct. He is. So, good correction. You know what? There is there is one episode of a podcast that I have listened to multiple times that I was on, and it was and it is... I've listened to it twice. It was the episode... It was an episode of James Bonding where we ranked the um, cold opens. Weirdly. That was a nearly cold three opens. episodes. Not the ones where you ranked the music, huh? No. No, no, no. The one that I was on? No, it was not the, that one. It was the other one. Weren't you on two? Haven't you been on two? I have. I was also on um, Die Another Day, the reboot Ugh. episode. Die Another Day. What a. Anyway, guys, this is Star Trek. I'm sorry, it's not guitar talk. It's not James Bond talk. It's Star Trek talk. I saw um, Nemechek tweeting today, too. About what? I don't know. But I was like tagged at it and I didn't click on it. I think he said Nimoy or meant and meant to write an enemy. 
he wrote your name by mistake. Is no, 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 no. I, I don't. I just didn't. See, I didn't click on it. I saw that he had tweeted, and I was wondering what the discussion was about. And I assumed since you're on Twitter much more than I am, you would have been aware of that. Am I on Twitter more than you are? Yeah, yeah I, I, guess I, I don't go on Twitter really right. anymore. The world's a terrible place. Anyway, uh, this is the enemy. This is production number one fifty five. Andy, it aired the week of November sixth, nineteen hundred and eighty nine. What were you doing then, Andy? What was what was a little Andy doing in eighty nine? Was he like, hey, I'm I'm bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. I got my first big gig. Or was he like, this pizza's good? It's odds are. <laughs> odds are the second. <laughs> second thing without question. I had three different pizzas last night, I will say. And the winner was? Um, Ladies and gentlemen, probably this, is a, this is an Andy Secunda pizza recommendation. Well, it was it was close call, but it's not a fair, tr- a fair face-off because we had a calzone from Joe's Pizza, and then we had a... Uh, a pepperoni, I think it was. I don't when you called. say Joe's Pizza, do you mean the Joe's Pizza on Wilshire? No, the Joe's Pizza on Sunset. Is that the chain? It's connected to the one in New York, which mm-hmm. is now possibly one of my top pizzas in New There's York. There's one on Wilshire too, you know. Is it uh, next to the SAG building? Is it different qualitatively? I don't know. I don't remember it being that great. So perhaps it is different qualitatively. Interesting. But the, your answer to the actual pizza, though, is. Um, I would say that the John and Vinny's pepperoni was better. Yeah. We also had Prime. Pre-me? Prime. Well, I always call it Prime Pizza. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it is Prime. One of the uh, my question to you is, did you pre-may. deliver? Or did you no, we go on a, jo- a, we went on a, a journey? journey? And I was accused of not going like, the, well, going, no, you've got to go to this one first and whatever. Way. And then it was just like a like a clock, like data, making calculations that I was a, picked up the calzone, picked up the prime pizza, picked up John and Vinny's. That's the exact right order. Yep, thank that you. That is exactly how you should have done you, it. You and I know. We, we know what's what. We know how to keep food warm. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we know we know, the, we know the most efficient route to hurting our bodies. Uh, uh, but Andy, as I said, this episode aired uh, November 6th, 1989. That's right. And uh, bad English, when I see you smile. Oh, you're playing it. Yeah, I figured. I'm, uh, thank I you so you much. Beforehand. Thank you. Was the uh, the number one hit. Sometimes I wonder how I'd ever make it through. I don't remember this one. Do you? I, maybe at the chorus I'll remember it. This was... Uh, if I do about the 45 second mark, that'll probably be the chorus. There it is. Now I remember oh, sure. it. Sure. It really is... Amazing. It follows the 45-second pop song chorus rule. There was no shame in this era of all bands looking exactly the same, all these hair bands. It's really interesting. Um, Anyhow. uh, Oh, no, I closed the window. So When I See You Smile by Bad English was... Uh, popular on U.S. radio in the U.K. around the world by Lisa Stansfield was preferred. All I Really Need to Know I Learned in kin- Kindergarten by Robert Fulgham was uh, once again a bestseller. I cannot believe that. Look who's talking. Was man, if you had opened anything, well, no, 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 during I, this I, I period, it, it you would the, destroy. It's the dirt. All the great movies it's that have not done this though. kind of. It's the dirt. I of understand. Like the September, that's what I'm October, saying. nothing is but coming then, out. You know, that's a huge failing on the part of the other movie companies that they did not capitalize on that frigging hole. 
It is insanity. Anyway, David Dinkins was elected in New York as New York City's first African American mayor. Uh, Douglas Wilder of Virginia became the first elected African American U.S. governor. Um, former New England Patriots tight end Aaron Hernandez was born. Oh boy. Hernandez was sentenced to life in prison without parole. For <laughs> Former Patriots tight end, current double murderer, <laughs> suicide <laughs> person. Subsequently, oh, I didn't know he committed suicide. Killed Jesus himself, Christ. Killed himself in prison. Ooh. Sorry, <laughs> the Hernandez family. Um, American audio. I'm sorry to the family of the victims of uh, You Hernandez. know what? That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I I. I well, I don't know. I feel sad for everybody. I'm also <laughs> sorry to the victims of the New England Patriots offense, the years that Hander Hernandez was playing. <laughs> Think of all the disappointed fans. Ron Hernandez, what a combo. <laughs> American audio producer Dickie Goodman died at the age of 55. He invented and pioneered the break-in technique that became the foundation for sampling in the music industry. That, that could be suggested as an upside. Ah, no, nah, there's a there's a lot of ton of great sampling music. Um, Time magazine's uh, cover feature Hungarian flag. The big break. Moscow lets Eastern Europe go its own way. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the anime started four three three four nine point two, directed by David Carson and written by David Temper and Michael Pillar. Here we are, everybody. Answering a distress call from... By the way, I love the name of this planet, Galorndon Core. Yes. It's just very... It, the, way it's, the way it sounds out of everybody's mouth, particularly yeah. Patrick Stewart. Uh, it's just a, a joy. Answering a distress call from the border of Galorndon Core. Andy, the wave was... Is it to turn up or down? What do you need? Do you want to mark down where we are just so you can... Uh, oh, yeah, spare sure. these people 34 <laughs> minutes in we're going to start talking about the episode uh, finds a crashed Romulan craft and an injured survivor LaForge loses contact with the rest of the away team and can't be located due to the planet's severe electrical storms Picard and Riker suspect the small craft was spying since it was destroyed after crashing but it's mothership's commander Tomalak smilingly insists that he's uh, that the man his man one man was merely swept off course meanwhile efforts to rescue LaForge center on a neutrino beacon that he can transmit through a break in the storm but LaForge soon discovers that the crew above can't what soon uh, what the crew above can't I'm sorry that a second Romulan uh, Bakra who captures the chief engineer LaForge finally convinces Bakra or Bokra I forget uh, that they must work together to survive, especially since their nervous systems are degenerating due to the planet's magnetic fields. Tension mounts topside as Worf, the only possible blood donor, refuses to provide an injured Romulan with a necessary blood transfusion, and Picard won't order him to do so. Tomalak enters Federation space against Picard's wishes to pick up his man. The Romulan dies just as the ship arrives for the fight, but the two lost below are found just in time, allowing Picard to drop the shields for beam up and show uh, of goodwill. War is averted, and Tomalak, still feigning innocence, is curtly escorted back to the neutral zone. Interesting. That was a lot. That was a lot of uh, plot to get through there. I really, uh, I'm glad they didn't um, have Worf do it. Do which part? Give, give the blood. Oh, it was a. It's very, very surprising, very, bold uh, choice. Very in character. I really enjoyed that. That. I guess, I don't know if it's a turn or a lack of turn, but just like that they made the choice of like, no. And even that he was, 
I don't know. We're going to get into it. Well, Jordy, uh, I don't want to play too much of the stuff on the planet in the first part because it's so loud, mm-hmm. you know, because there's so much atmosphere sound and stuff. But I will play just a brief uh, part here because, you know, Jordy's in a hole now. I just like how uh, how he starts yelling, Commander. <laughs> A lot of yelling. In it's funny. It, j- until this moment, it didn't. I didn't note that uh, people call their superior ranks by their rank, and people call inferior ranks by their first name. Uh, I don't know that that's a steadfast rule of writing. Uh huh. Well. Something I noticed. <laughs> okay, so I'm, I'm smart. Captain's luck. Start date four three four nine point two. Start date four three three four nine point two. An unidentified distress signal has led to the discovery of a crashed Romulan vessel on the surface of Galondan Core, a Federation planet. We have recovered one survivor, but Lieutenant Commander LaForge did not report back with the away team and is still missing. Get him to sick bay. Secure sickbay. Post a guard and visual contact at all times. He's not going anywhere, Lieutenant. I would be like, you... I will not tell you how to doctor, and you do not tell me how to do security. Seriously. Are we under agreement? I am the chief of security. You are the chief of medicine. Let's stick to it. Yeah. I'm sorry, Commander. There's just no way to lock in on anything down there. Keep trying, O'Brien. The electrical storm's creating thousands of ghosts. We'll beam some of those ghosts back. One of them may be Geordi. <laughs> really? <laughs> what do you think about that? <laughs> I think it's really funny to see. I think uh, Riker is a moody bitch. That's the main thing I'll say. Oh, interesting. Riker is very emotional, and he he swings wildly from overly genial in yeah. weird situations to overly angry in weird situations. I mean, granted, we've, we've lost Jordy, so it's justified, but nonetheless. Why is he taking it out on poor O'Brien? Uh, I'll tell you why he's taking it out on poor O'Brien. He fucked up. He let his team... O'Brien? Really, he let his team... No, no, no. Riker oh, fucked up. Sure, but so that's, he's like that's on Riker. <laughs> he that's on Riker. Of course, it's on Riker. So he's channeling his anger at himself to Chief O'Brien. Yeah. Permission to lead another away team, sir. Denied. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Shut him down. Doing the storms, the crash site, the Romulan craft is a total loss. There's nothing there to salvage, unless you want to use tweezers. <laughs> well, you couldn't see more than two meters in front of yourself down there. <laughs> Uh, Commander Riker, prepare an away team and uh, check on the tweezers. <laughs> no, I was just making it. No. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, you would expect Romulan encroachment. On the other hand, Galondan Corps would provide ideal cover for the opening move of a new offensive. I doubt if they were there for the climate. Snap! I love jokes about climates. That's your thing. It's one You're of always my trying favorite. to work yeah. climate jokes into the Goldbergs. I'm like Maury Amsterdam. I have so <laughs> many one-liners for uh, climates. What do you think about? Uh, jo- I like Jordy making these climbing spikes with his phaser. 
I could figure out what he was doing. I thought he had discovered some hint of previous civilizations. That was what was going on in the cave because things seem so um, artificially straight. Um, but it turned oh, out he see. was just doing... Well, you know, that's a, that's a crystalline structure, you know? But that being said, yeah. right off the top, love the love this cold open. Jordy stuck in there. Worf open palming the Romulan. Like, just like that they're in a, a death love, struggle and he just, just smashes him with his palm. I love the Romulan just still trying to kill yeah, just Worf. Of course. It's great that they're both these, these incredibly warlike races and they're just going to go for it. Um and Wardy's uh, trapped down a hole. That's a that is a, By the a way, class A I think teaser you just right him there. Bordy and I love this new name for him. Did I just call him? I Bordy? think you called him Bordy. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, were you a little Bordy LaForge yeah. watching this episode? <laughs> I wasn't. I was belighted. <laughs> He's going to need a transfusion of compatible ribosomes in order to recover. I'm setting up a schedule to test every member of the crew. That seems. Like not possible, right? If they're going to test a thousand people, seems yeah, it seems tough. Hmm, interesting. That's interesting. I wonder if there's like, I wonder how big the medical staff is on board the ship. What do you think? Twenty? I don't know. Why would I ask you that? Why? Why would you know? Whenever you do that, I always feel like I should act like the the engineer and find it, but. I can't answer that yet. Well, let me put it another way. Will he survive long enough to tell us what he was doing down there? Doctor, it's an important consideration. Going after Beverly I can bring him around for a few minutes. But there is one serious complication. His brain waves indicate early neuropathway degeneration. Head injury? There's no obvious cranial trauma. I'm guessing his exposure to the magnetic fields on the surface was slowly breaking down his synaptic connections. Or I messed up his brain the way that I did when I tried to erase someone's memory it's a few episodes ago. not clear, but we're going to forget about that, right? <laughs> wink, wink. Whatever the case, something's wrong with his brain. Something's wrong with his head muscle. What do you mean? <laughs> you know, the muscle inside of his skull. Uh, Commander not, Riker, we got to talk. <laughs> it's not stretching appropriately. Um... Are we up to when the Romulan ship is coming? No. Okay. We will be. I don't have a real comment there. Other than I'm just going to say this. Riker is pissed off, which, you know, even though I was, I was what saying do you think it was of, what, do you, what do you think of Riker's uh, interrogation technique? Which we'll hear right now. Okay. You are on board the Federation Starship Enterprise. We're treating your injuries. How long were you down on Galorndon Core? Do you understand me? I will not answer questions. We need to know if there are other survivors on the surface. I am alone. I will not answer any questions. Do you have a mothership who should be advised of your condition? Well, he got nothing out of the Romulan. I, I do agree with you. It's just like, because it, when it started, I was like, oh, they really want to revive him because they think they're going to do something. They've dealt with the Romulans. That's never going to have any impact at all. He's just politely asking him. He's In some ways, he's being nicer to this guy than he was his own crewman. All right. Well, guess what? It, uh, Jordy has fallen down. I, I like the way he 
I really enjoyed the way he climbed up that hole. Uh, well, this is the thing I was going to say, uh, and it's a bold statement. It's really not a bold statement because it's a statement you already made. But um, um, I love that. I love that he's using his visor to like look into the rock and figure out, okay, I can use this, and then I am an engineer, so mm. I'm going to use my phaser. Uh, I love that it's Starfleet training you know, to, to climb his way out of the pit. Uh, I like the character stuff of Riker being pissed off. I'm going to blow everyone's mind right now. And Picard's shutting him down because Picard is more of a, you know, like, I got to stay in control. I understand how you're feeling, but we got to focus on this. And then in a second, then the Romulan ship is coming. I've been saying they should do more with the Romulan stuff since the beginning of this podcast, probably. Um, And I guess so my statement is this. I think, and you've already basically said this, but I'm going to say it even stronger. Riker's beard is bullshit. This season is the one where it's coming together. It's you're absolutely right, Matt. It's yeah, the uniforms. It's, the it's in it's the no way. The, yeah, there it's were the a couple of good change. episodes, yeah, yeah. but season two had a bunch of stinkers. It's almost like people forget that he had that beard during season two. <laughs> yeah, because I think when people think of Riker's beard, they're thinking of. Uh, uh, they're thinking of this season. That's what they're th- that's what they're putting in their brain. I kind of. But wonder... I, here's what I would have done, by the way, from Jordy. Okay. And this is only because I am pretty sure I know how things work on a on a, in Star Trek Town. If not you, then who? I would take my hand phaser, okay. right? Uh-huh. I would then set it to its maximum setting, uh-huh. and I would then fire a steady beam into the sky. It seems like you wouldn't have been able to do that. The phaser beam yeah. should theoretically not be disrupted or stop mm-hmm. through the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So then when they see a pattern of a phaser beam coming up, I assume they're going to scan for it. It just it, Maybe it's too not powerful enough for the ship's sensors to pick up. Just to play devil's advocate, mightn't the electrical storm have interfered? And that You know what? Then give me that line. The, fair <laughs> enough. But then, But for some reason, whatever it is... When what Wesley does later, it seems like that is specifically built to be a beacon that will survive the electrical storm. So you could say by implication, you know, yeah, right. They needed something specific. Uh, anyway, whatever the case, my my main point is: great beginning of this episode, really solid. It's the loudest episode ever, by the way. <laughs> it was it was pretty Some, loud. Anything to cut through the storm. Some way to get a signal through to. I want you to, everyone to be on the lookout for the uh, for this moment that happens with uh, about thirty four eleven fifty five into it. We cut from Jordy uh, climbing up exhausted uh, to um, to a uh, great stuntman yeah, acting. Right. Well, that's him. That's that's. I'm not here. I meant when uh, he's climbing up. Ah. This this shot where Riker has to turn and face the camera, I just love the idea of Jonathan Frakes getting ready for this shot, and they're always starting it on his back because the turn is so soap opera. It is true. It's insane. Let's see it. Here it is. Something, anything to cut through the storm. That's <laughs> true. Some way to get a signal through to him. Do you think he's? Do you think he was when he was facing the wall? He was just like, okay, do it, Frankie. I'm on, gonna nail Frixie. this. You I'm gonna nail this. Just all right, dude. You really, just, am, you're upset. You're upset. Gotta do it. <laughs> all right, something. A neutrino pulse. We could build a portable neutrino source and send it in a probe to the planet's surface. It'll act like a beacon. A neutrino pulse would send non-charged particles back up through the atmosphere and would be detectable by Geordi's visor. He can show us that he's found it by modifying the pulse. Make it so. 
non-charged particles, Matt. Captain, suggest something. I that so we're saying that a charged particle from a phaser would not possibly would it be it. interfering. Stress call from the surface. No, sir. From inside the Romulan zone, we should be able to view the transmission on screen. Tomalak to Pi. We have received your distress signal. Respond. If you can hear me, we are entering the neutral zone now. This seems like we will reach you in six hours. Like a terrible move by the Romulans to send out. Well, they're coding dis- it on that stress signal sequence. I don't know. Uh, do they? Do they say that they're? Yeah, they're, it's, it's on coded? that wavelength. Isn't it oh, on that I wavelength? See. I didn't catch that it was coded. I don't know. I don't know what to. I don't know. I don't know if Tomalak made the right move or not. Tomalak. So, Tomalak is played by Andreas Katsoulis. The late great Andreas Katsoulis. Yes. Do you know him? Well, I know him as Tomalak. Right. He was. He played. Um, played a bunch of Star Trekky things, I believe. Let's see. He was Drenik, Vis- Visian captain. Mm-hmm. Um, he. Oh, I think he. No, that was later. It's a hologram. Um, but anyway, he was in Max Headroom. He was in The Equalizer, Alien Nation, Millennium. I think it was because he had a big head. Uh. A uh, great alien actor, this guy. Almost exclusively, I think, alien parts. He does... Uh, I, I really do like Tomalak. I, I, Tomalak's a great character. He appears a few more times, but... Uh, oh, he does? It's good to see him every time he pops Oh, nice. Up. I'm glad he comes back. I like him as a... Because I actually thought the the brinkmanship between him and Picard was really interesting. It was a really interesting part of the episode where it's like... Clearly... It seems both the Romulans and the Federation don't want a war, but mm. they're both willing to get into a war. So it's like this weird situation where it's like both captains don't want to be the person that's responsible for the war. Tomalak has a great line in the series finale where he says, So, Captain Picard, how long shall we just stare at each other across the neutral zone? Yeah. <laughs> I just enjoy Tomalak. In the finale? In the in the series finale, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And it feels like a spoiler. Is that a spoiler? Yeah, it's a little bit of a spoiler. Well, now we know Tomahawk, uh, Tomahawk lives. That's the main <laughs> question of the <this> series. <laughs> Tomahawk makes it to the end. He makes it to the end. No, but that sounds like a great scene. Classic Tomahawk. Um, and I kind of like that about their interaction. They're both kind of fucking with each other. Oh, sorry. Well, they're, uh, they're, you know, two sides of the same coin, brah. Um... Anyway. Hailing frequencies open, sir. Romulan vessel, this is Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the Federation Starship Enterprise. The frequency is open, sir. Commander Tomalok, we have intercepted your transmission. You are not to enter Federation space. Captain Picard. Oh, just passing by. Had I known you were in this sector, I certainly would have advised you before crossing the neutral zone. Indeed. I'm sure you will understand when I explain. <laughs> One of our ships had a slight navigational error and apparently crashed on Galorndon Core. A slight navigational error? Nearly half a light year past the neutral zone. I assure you, Captain, no aggression was intended. Commander, we have recovered one of your survivors. He is on board your ship. 
He's being treated for severe injuries. And his craft? Destroyed. Deliberately. After the crash. I'm sure you are prepared to leave at once and rendezvous with me in the neutral zone. I have an away team on the planet. We're waiting for a window in the storm. Sorry, everybody. And then you will return, my officer? Are there any other Romulans we should be looking to recover from Galondon Corps? No, was a one-man craft. Captain, we will be at the Federation border of the neutral zone in roughly five hours. We will expect you to rendezvous at that time. Counselor. Oh boy. behind his smile. Thanks. He'll stop at nothing to complete his mission. So let me get this straight. <laughs> You're like empathically getting this from the neutral zone. <laughs> Well, this How is, do your powers work? Well, this is the other thing. Beyond the fact that everything she says is useless here, supporting my theory that she has no powers, but everybody's just humoring her. Uh, um, she, this, so it's like, what is it? It's in the neutral zone, so it's at least a half a light year away. She's sensing his emotions. So here's my question, Matt. Why doesn't she just tell them where Jordy is? Did the electrical storm... <sighs> Interfere with her empathic abilities? That's amazing. That's a. It's amazing how uh, useless she can be. Yeah. And how useful she can be. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Including the neutral zone border. Captain, I see no reason to return the Romulan to his ship. He should be held and interrogated. We have every right to detain him, sir. Without evidence of intent, number one, it will not be a simple matter. It obviously wasn't Pilot's error. I think it demands a response from us. But we must measure our response carefully, or history may remember Galond and Kor along with Pearl Harbor and Station Salem 1. By the way, if you're, if you're Brian Fuller, I don't know how you don't make... The, set the fucking point, set-off point Salem for the Klingon thing is Station Salem 1 because they don't ever really go back to Station Salem 1, I don't They think. don't, and I looked it up, and the only other reference is in a deleted scene from Season 4's family. I looked this up because I love... Yeah, sure, I think that kind of thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm equivalent to you in terms of protocol. I'm so fascinated with something that sounds like it's an interesting story point as has been irritating to you, and whether they circle back to it yeah. or not. They never do. In one of Jack Crusher's ancestors in this episode, they say, died at Station Salem 1. Um, the script of a third season installment in Yesterday's Enterprise mentioned a similarly named Station Salem 4, which was raided by the Belzon. Um, but that's it. So I think you're 100% right. Just this discovery thing clearly is should exactly the kind been. of thing. Should have been. Can you imagine? Like if he said, well, now like we should like overdub this and he should be like uh, Pearl Harbor or the binary stars. <laughs> <laughs> binary star, gloop flan. No, that was just called the battle of the binary stars. Oh, it was the binary stars. Yeah. Oh, just double dub it in now. I thought you were saying coming up with a totally different thing. But that makes no sense. Oh, meanwhile, back in, I guess we'll call it sick bay. I mean, she's just. She, we might as well call this uh, boring bay. Because what? 
Doctor Bordy LaForge. <laughs> Bordy LaForge is here. Right, uh, I don't know. Warp core seems fine. My patient is not responding to treatment. Do you know if there's a doctor on board? <laughs> Can we farm this out to Starfleet Medical? The lab is still processing the tests. Early results indicate humans have far too many biorejection factors. I've also ruled out the Vulcans we've tested. I think I'll try a little old-fashioned country medicine. Keep the fever down, try to let the body heal itself. Keep me advised. We got out. But not in that great detail. The beacon is operational, and we've placed it aboard a Class Three probe. Well done, Ensign. Mr. Wolf, launch the probe. Aye, aye, sir. <laughs> That's what the probe sounds like. I don't know if you guys are aware of that, but uh, anyway, uh, I, I got to play a little bit of the Romulan uh, and Jordy, uh, Georgie, Georgie, Bordy, Forge. A neutrino beam. Wesley Crusher. Thank you, Wesley. And may I say... How does he know Wesley did it? It's kind of insulting to every other person on that ship, particularly the science officers or the engineering officers, that it's like only one person could have solved this problem. Unless, you know... Uh, um, in his sentence, Wesley should have said to Picard... We talked about I've been it. recently studying neutrino emissions, right. blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I guess that's implied, sure. but whatever. I mean, maybe that was his latest uh, Starfleet Academy, not in the Academy, out in the field uh, project. Could have been, Matt. Who and grades it? Who grades it? What's that? <laughs> Who grades his his Starfleet exams? <laughs> Someone who's smarter. Is anyone on the shore? Oh. Like, is anyone on the ship doing it? Is he just transmitting them back to San Francisco? What, how does this work? Um, I just want to give you your credit on that. Uh, oh, is that this defense? A, pri- a standard defense? Standard defense. Yay! <laughs> Thank you, Wesley Crusher. You found a way to kill all the humans and leave just machines. <laughs> Thank you, Wesley. <laughs> oh no, there's boots behind him. Anyway, he gets hit in the head. Commercial break, great commercial break. Great commercial breaks. I'm very happy with the the forward momentum of these these act breaks and teasers. You are my prisoner. <laughs> right. Congratulations. Surely a strategic triumph for the Romulan Empire. Stay there! Shoes are getting full of sand. I just hate that, don't you? Name and rank. Lieutenant Commander Jordy LaForge. I don't think I got yours. A Romulan ship will arrive shortly. You will accompany me on board. I don't think so. See, we heard your message too, and well, the fleet's in, Commodore. Boom. Guy's full of Federation ships. You're lying. I never lie when I've got sand in my shoes, Commodore. I don't follow that reasoning. Is he just trying to like get him to allow him to take off his boots so he can take the sand and put it in that Romulan's eyes and then fight the Romulan to the ground? Like, what is the, what is what is he doing there? 
uh, I think or is this just a legitimate like LaForge hates sand issues <laughs> I think they give Jordy a lot of lines that are kind of like you know color charm you know it's just like this is, hey, Jordy Jordy's an interesting character but most of them are like what's he talking about <laughs> we have finally found a compatible ribosome match for the Romulan but only one you that is impossible I am a Klingon Different species, yes. But many humanoids have comparable cell structures. And you have what this Romulan needs. There's absolutely no risk to you. You did understand that was the purpose of all the testing. I have no objection to tests. I like his, uh, sort of like... You have an objection. Clear. A donor. Yes motivation here definitely i think this is some of the some of the best wharf characterization in this episode i've seen but this is not the time or the place if you had seen them kill your parents you would understand doctor it is always the time and place for those feelings this romulan didn't murder your parents and you are the only one who can save his life then he will die Just great. So Klingon y. Crusher, like, sure can't fathom it. Whoops. Oh, no. Andy's headphones came off. That's how into this he is. That's how into this episode he is. Boy, Andy, Andy's, Andy is pretty stupid. I actually took him off because I had an itch in my ear. <laughs> the kind of detail that you guys are tuning in for or are turning it off and never listening again for. But I am. Who isn't? I'm not right. To die in the service of my people? Ah, the Romulan path to glory. You can be sarcastic now, but in a few millennia when humans are extinct and the Romulan Empire spans the galaxy. (laughs) You really believe that stuff, don't you, Commodore? You may address me as Centurion Bakra. Bakra. Bert Bakra. Good, solid (laughs) Romulan name. Raindrops keep falling on my head. Bert Bachra's bit greatest hit, <laughs> Commodore Bert Bachra. Um, so this uh, this gentleman, yes, uh, Bachra dive on Bachra, played Bacra. by John Snyder. Um, John Snyder of the uh, Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> That's John Schneider. Oh, okay, think, right. Um, some uh, some little connections that were interesting. He was in an episode of Miami Vice, written by guess who? Maurice Hurley. Exactly. Oh my God. And let me Maurice. let me guess. There was some sort of drug deal going down. Oh sure. I mean, in that episode, that the Vice Squad had to get involved. He with. played a character named Carlos, and uh, and it was a lot of uh, it was a lot of things he had to, he had to, he was covering his tracks. There was uh, covering his tracks. So he was on the run, Maurice. Tubbs was uh, he was suspicious the whole time. Tubbs was, was suspicious of the tracks. Of the tracks, he saw the tracks and uh, a lot of procedure. There was a lot of procedure. Well, how'd you handle uh, Crockett? Oh, uh, Crockett, uh, he you know he was he was uh, deep undercover even more than usual in that episode. <laughs> and uh, well, what about his socks? Did he wear socks in this one? So yeah, no, no, no socks. No, 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 no. Crockett never wore socks. That was his whole thing. 
Yeah, Kugelberg. Yeah. Anyway, um, he also appeared in Quantum Leap. He was in uh, Wise Guy. He um, and there was one other piece of information. <laughs> he was in another Maurice Hurley thing called Point Man, which I know we definitely gotta dig into the Maurice Hurley canon at some point. What if we just became a Maurice Hurley podcast? <laughs> we were devotees of the Maurice Hurley writing catalog. Oh, here are the two things that really stuck out to me. He was in Sid and Nancy. With uh, Biff Yeager. Oh, my God. The and Biff Yeager. he was in uh, a movie called Paris with Biff Yeager, which I thought was fascinating. I got to tell you, Biff Yeager really gets around. He sure does. First, he's chief engineer. Then he's never seen again. <laughs> <laughs> he was in Batman Returns. Then he's in Batman Returns. He's one of the guys doing the exact same accent as he was on the bridge or on the... Uh... When does our next window open up, Mr. Data? There is no indication, Commander. I have no way to predict. Incoming Romulan transmission, Captain. They're early. The Romulan warbird should still be 29 minutes away from the edge of the neutral zone. Close enough, however, to see that we're not there. On screen. Picard, I'm approaching the Federation border and the Enterprise is not to be found. Why? My away team is unable to leave the surface because of the storms. And my officer? He is alive. His life remains in jeopardy? Yes. And yet you will still not permit me to cross into your precious Federation space to retrieve him? If the point has not yet been made clearly, Commander, let me make it again. Romulan warships do not enter Federation space unless they are prepared to do battle. But a mission of mercy. A mission? to recover one of your officers who has been caught on a Federation planet for reasons as yet unknown. I have already explained. And I have rejected your explanation. Territories. I love this. You would measure territories against a man's life. I love Commander, I am singularly impressed by your concern for a life. Do not risk any more lives by leaving the neutral zone. I got out. So great. Boom. So great. All the brinkmanship and the and and you know just the specifics of <laughs> the Romulan is moralizing with Picard. <laughs> he's he's spilling like he's got the high moral high ground. It's so great. <laughs> and Picard handles it. He oh, handles his like business a, like a true Starfleet captain of awesome. It's really great. Oh no! A problem occurred. I hope my network didn't go down. Oh really? Uh, I will ignore that. Sorry, my quit. You're on my network. (laughs) Ah, we're okay, guys. We're okay, everybody. Damn it! We need a network connection. What's going on down there? Everything's gone blank. Oh, this is after the rocks fall on the Romulan, right? Yes, the hilariously timed rocks falling on the Romulan. Would you like anything? No, we don't have to see it. The only thing that I noted was that the rocks fall on the Romulan right at the wrong moment for the Romulan. Geordi helps the Romulan in and doesn't take the phaser from him? I thought that was was crazy. That's just bad Starfleet training right there. And I understand it so that the Romulan can maintain. But I feel like if you wanted the Romulan to maintain control, then I think it would have been better if he took the phaser... And then the Romulan drew another phaser 
you know, and and shot Jordy or some sh- something like that, so that it was like more like, wow, you're that much of a dick. So anyway, didn't like it. <laughs> so you want this Ryland to have multiple phasers all over his body? Well, I think that Jordy never took his phaser from him. Jordy never took his phaser. I believe at some point you see a shot where Jordy has his phaser in his pocket. Where or the Romulan's holster. been holding Jordy's phaser, and the Romulan, I believe, has his own phaser oh, his in his disruptor. holster. His disruptor. What's the difference between a disruptor and a phaser? Uh, I think just the way the the energy is dispersed. There you go, folks. If you have a more specific answer, let us know. Oh, do they ever? Uh, it appears that uh, Riker, by the busy. way, is either drinking shots of espresso or sake. Side note: Maybe this is—I don't know if this is before the scene or after the scene. I think it's Riker's quarters has a weird window with blinds looking out into the corridor. I've Forgive never seen that nor noticed or that. For what it's worth, Let's see if I can find it. I understand your bitterness. I'm, I'm watching with it right respect, now. Respect, sir. You cannot. I am asked to give up the very lifeblood of my mother and my father to those who murdered them. So you blame all Romulans for that? Yes. Forever. What's happening? Is that me? That was you. I turned it off. That's not fair. What if someday the Federation made peace with the Romulans? Impossible. That's what your people said a few years ago about humans. Think how many died on both sides in that war. Would you and I be here now like this if we hadn't been able to let go of the anger and the blame? Where does it end, Worf? If that Romulan dies, does his family carry the bitterness on another generation? Mm, that's a good point. Then you believe I should. What I believe doesn't matter. You like my eggs, so whatever you want. <laughs> but everything I am tells me another. Lieutenant Worf, report to sick bay. Acknowledged. Oh, so that's from the outside. Andy's showing a, a photograph of this uh, of the door to Riker's room. Or is it to the Riker's room, or does he even go into that door? I think is so. that the door he lands at? It's. Uh, let's see. This is. Where is it? I don't know. I was going to give you a, a time Oh, here. Code, I will hit up. Uh, 1727 left in the show. Yeah. He's walking, walking, walking. Yeah, that's, it's right there, right? So what do you think that is? Like the bathroom? I don't know. I think, a, yeah, that's, that's got to be like the shower. It's weird, right? <laughs> well, I mean, those windows, I've seen those windows before. I've never know. I've, I've seen them. I've never really thought about them. I think it's, if that's his bathroom, then... He, why does he have a thing with blinds looking out on the corridor? It's weird. Why? It's Will Riker. Well, there you go. That's what I'm saying. No. I would rather die than pollute my body with Klingon filth. I mean, that is sort of the line where I was like, oh, well, then Worf should obviously do it right now. It does feel like it's leaning into, oh, he's doing, he does it to Despite get him? the fucking Romulan. Well, this raises another like, well, issue. Well, if you're that unhappy about it. Hey, you're alive. That's weird. Uh, how? That's what I would do if I was Worf <laughs> afterwards. Oh, guess he got Klingon in you. Bye. Ew, gross. <laughs> anyway, I'll be beaming you into space now. 
Um, here's a side issue. Um, all this debate about, oh, yeah, is, is Worf going to give up his, his whatever it is that they need from him? If the patient says, no, I don't want that procedure, isn't the discussion over? Right, then they can't then do that, right? Yeah, it seems they... like that would be the case. Well, yeah, right? Well, you know, also, by the way, we're dealing with a doctor who's not great at doctoring. Right. She may not know that. <laughs> By the way, another almost no feeling in my legs. Another <sighs> example of in this episode of uh, uh, her only job is to keep that Klingon alive. I mean, that Romulan alive, and the Romulan dies. Turn into Joe. There's an episode late in the run, might be season seven, that is like a medical procedural drama type thing where. I think, if I remember correctly, um, Beverly is like trying to solve a murder. Mm-hmm. It's so it's such a weird, out of place episode in my brain. Uh, I haven't so seen it in a long time, but uh, we're not going to see it for a couple years. But here's my overall. Get ready for that because I know we hammer a lot of the characters on this stuff. Uh, I think you can have oh, you know, Beverly wasn't able to pull it off in this episode or that. I think that's fine as long as you justify why it was impossible. But I think then you got to counterbalance with episodes where it's like clearly shown that she is the most exceptional doctor in Starfleet, and that's why she's on the Enterprise. And I definitely mm. have not seen that as of yet. I feel like that's... I've seen that more from Pulaski than I've seen it from her. Right, right. It's interesting you say this because I just went to see just went Dr. to medical Crusher. school, <laughs> really? and you know while I was there. We uh-huh. talked a lot about Beverly Crusher not being great at medicine. Uh-huh. Well, it turns out that in the future, yeah. the doctors don't do anything. Oh. They just pretend. But what they don't tell anyone is that the medical tricorders pretty much do all the doctoring. Sure. But it's like this international doctor secret. Right. That none of the doctors actually know anything about medicine. Yeah. It's just like, think of like a machine operator at a at a plant. They're not actually doing what the machine is doing. They're just taking the credit for the work of the machine. Right. And so it's just an agreed on... Yeah, like a secret thing between yeah. the doctor's unions. <laughs> Captain, theory. we should have a good window theory, in Matt. less than an hour. Theories are very... Uh, <laughs> Matt. Theories are very interesting because... Matt. really smart. It wasn't so really a theory. That was a lost bit. Like, I just started it and then I was like, this is not going anywhere. Yeah, I was wondering what was happening. I was impressed. Yes, sir. Captain. The Romulan warship has crossed the neutral zone border. It is in Federation space and heading towards us. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been talking about it quite a bit. Red alert. It's great. Love it. You like the way he says red alert, huh? Yeah. I just love the. You like the way the he looks off into the. What do you think? Okay, I, I, we have to play the scene here with, uh, with Worf and Picard. Yes, Lieutenant. I assume you know what it's about. You're having yes. a birthday party. <laughs> the Romulan vessel will reach us. With Worf does have a birthday party later in the series. Oh, I'm sure he does. <laughs> I bet he's stiff and if not sure how to take it. Dies. It may be just the excuse the Romulan commander needs to start an incident. 
just like the at the death beginning of, a of discovery. At the hands of the Federation. So will you? I have, Captain. Kiss him. What? <laughs> so, I mean, save him. There is no question that the Romulan officer is more valuable to us alive than dead. I understand. Lieutenant, sometimes the moral obligations of... By the way, I think this is the first instance of the uniform finally having lost the seams on the front chest. It and looks fantastic. The first, the first one to do it. Uh, John Cooley correct yeah. it's uh, Patrick Stewart Patrick this is, Stewart's uniform is the first one to be updated this is now the uniform for the rest of the series run this is the uniform you would want right this is these uniforms are beautiful no I would want the Wrath of Khan uniform oh those sure are, those sure. are the best uniforms right, sure come on no, I'm don't be you. silly Andy All right. All right. don't I be a one silly of those Andy too. also I like the uh, DS9 Star Trek next gen movie uniforms the gray I don't know those are less than clear. I have to weigh the good of the many against the, the needs of the individual. Not the needs of the one. I try to balance them. It's Boy, it's like these writers found a way to say these words without cribbing exactly from The Wrath of Khan. And yet, in Star Trek Into Darkness, <laughs> they couldn't say words without stealing it directly from Wrath of Khan. It's possible. Well, that was intentional, wasn't it? I know. Right. Succeed. I have not had cause to complain, Captain. I love that. Lieutenant, you wouldn't complain, even if you had cause. If you order me to agree to the transfusion, I will obey, of course. I don't want to order you. But I ask you, I beg you to volunteer. I cannot. Lieutenant? Sir? That will be all. Just, just a great scene from top to bottom. The fact that he's just just the the nuances of Worf will do it if Picard orders him to, but will not do it if he is left to his own decision because he doesn't believe in the decision. But he does respect Picard's command enough that he will override what he believes himself is is right for him. It's just such a great nuance, and then the fact that he expects Picard to then order him to. And Picard may even be thinking about it in that moment, the way I'm reading that scene, and then is like, I can't order him to do something he doesn't feel is right, mm. even if it starts a freaking war. Um, and both of, and both of them are surprised at that. It's just great writing, really underplayed by both Oh, my actors. shit. We have to get going, Andy. Oh, yeah. Because it is 3.54, and I have to go to therapy in six minutes. I understand. Uh, uh... Lock phases on target. Phases locked and ready. Captain, the signal pattern from the neutrino beacon is modulating. You know what that means? That means Jordy's found it with the help of his Romulan companion. Oh boy, what are they going to do? They have their shields up, they're ready to fight. We have two extremely powerful and destructive arsenals at our command. Our next actions will have serious repercussions. 
probably have good reason to mistrust one another. But we have even better reason to set those differences aside. Now, of course, the question is, who will take the initiative? Who will make the first gesture of trust? Will it be you? This is it. This would be the most awkward time to accidentally fart on the bridge. <laughs> You've been trying to find Beyond it for a while. For, three se- almost <laughs> for two seasons and five episodes, I've been trying to find it. That Seven might, episodes. Must, that might no. actually start the war right there. <laughs> was, that, was, that, was that intentional? Are you mocking Tomalock? I'm sorry. My gas has just gone off course, Tomalock. How dare you? Surface. They drop their shields. Leave the hailing frequency open. Great brinkmanship scene. So nice. Yes, sir. Shields down. Mr. O'Brien, transport Commander LaForge and the Romulan directly to the bridge. Aye, sir. Energizing. Uh, Captain, would you believe that I've accidentally beamed 1,000 ghosts? Security check to the bridge. <laughs> Belay that order, Lieutenant. Shields up. No one is going to harm you. You have my word on that. You can't impose that order, Jordy. Well, Commander. If she has been in any way mistreated. I've given them no information, Commander. But I have not been mistreated. In fact... This human has treated my life. me. Tarbalog? How is like it possible that you didn't know the second Romulan on Galondon Corps? There it is again. Galondon Corps. How many times can you go to the misunderstanding argument? To the size of the That's the beauty of uh, Tarbalog. I destroyed the planet as a misunderstanding. Let's just say my faith would be strengthened by a gesture from you, such as powering down your disruptors. He does so, and then leaves happily with the crew member. Andy, it's time to give this uh, the most valuable crew member. This is a good question on this one. It's a tough one. This is a lot. There's a lot of we got uh, Wesley, a lot of cogs in the wheel here. Wesley makes the the signal. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Jordy's all over the place. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jordy's really saving himself. He's saving himself, but by bringing the saving the Romulan, he also prevents the war. Mm, the way it lands. Interesting. Interesting. I think you got to give some of it to Picard minimally. I agree. So I would say I, this might be a split, Picard Jordy. None to Wesley, huh? No. Wesley gets Jordy on board, which is what saves. Him. I know, but it's but, just to save Jordy. But it is just to save okay, Jordy. Yeah, I would say split Wesley. That plan, Picard. that plan is is started before. Right. They understand the threat. Follow up to that. I think that the window opening up. Yeah. And the window opened right, and yeah. then Data was able to scan and see that there was a Romulan and Jordy down there. That's true. So, the. The neutrino beam, all that did was tell Jordy where to go. <laughs> Do you know what right. I mean? But I feel like their sensors would have found them. Yeah. When that window opened up, the beam just said to 
the crew that they he was alive down there. That is true. I did realize halfway yeah. through. Yeah, no, definitely. So it's not Wesley. Yeah. It's just Jordy and Picard. Yeah. How many Andy's does this episode get? Oh, wow. I had a special short one. Uh, well, Andy, this episode, for me, I really I had a great time watching it. I'd love, yeah. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. How many Andy's does it get from you, Well, Andy? here's the weird thing. I think I enjoyed this episode as much as I was thrilled to, uh, in Booby Trap, have my uh, my theories confirmed. Your boobies trapped? My boobies trapped. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I enjoyed this a little bit more. Whoa. And I think I gave that one a seven, so I'm going to have to give this one a seven and a half. Wow. Well done, Andy. Although I feel like in the long run, I may go like, oh, that might have been a little bit too high based on what's coming. Yeah. Um, sure, but we're always, we can't just rate this thing forever based on an imaginary episode you haven't seen yet. So my answer to that, of course, is that I will give this, having seen every episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, I will give this episode a 6.5. There you go. Uh, I will say one thing that did, did uh, remain uh, an irksome point to me is it's fine writing-wise, but I really wanted to know why the Romulans were down there, <laughs> what they were up to. <laughs> Do we, I know Zilla's the other thing I've asked you, so I'm going to ask you anyway. Do we find out later? I don't know that it ever comes back. I don't remember, though. It, 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 honestly, they might hit it in some dialogue I've forgotten about, but I don't really remember. Mm. I do like the fucking Galorndon Core is my favorite name for any planet in the history of Star Trek. That's true. God. I'm gonna. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to ask the people at, Dis- at Discovery to bring back Galorndon Core. And to dub in Station Salem 1... <laughs> in the next gen episodes. Uh, I am excited. Andy, next week is The Price. It's an episode of TNG that I haven't really watched very much. Uh, and uh, does that bode well for it? Not really. Um, I think I liken it to The Loss. These are both episodes that are heavy Troys and it is of no fault of Deanna Troy. Uh, but it is uh, it is an episode that I can't find the trailer of. Oh, do you want me to find it? Uh, hang on one second. I think I can do this. Yeah, I found it. Here we go. Okay. Here's the Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation, passion fires up the Enterprise when Consulate Troy meets a mysterious diplomat. When I first saw you, I felt as if I'd been waiting for you. But he's hiding special powers that could destroy critical negotiations. You're reading their emotional states and then using that to manipulate them. On Star Trek, The Next Generation. This has the potential to be good, empath versus empath. It has the potential to certainly be something, Andy. And I, you know, I haven't watched it in a long time. This will obviously be the first uh, I will hear of it in a long, uh, or seen of it in a, in a long time. So I will revisit uh-huh. and, and, and thusly. I will re-rate. But now, Andy, it's sadly time for me to fire up the transporter and beam myself into therapy. (laughs) Do you beam yourself right in there? Right into the Yeah, I'm doing a side-to-side transport because it's 4.02 and I'm late. Okay, can you beam me to my car? Matt, beam me to my car. Oh, no. no. Sorry, Andy. Disengage.